Hey everyone, welcome to the Fit CFO Show. I'm Amanda Hanquist, and together with my husband, Sean, we wanted to create this podcast so that our audience could learn from some of the industry's best fitness professionals and to also give online entrepreneurs a place to learn financial success. We have years of experience in the fitness industry and specialize in finance. Together, we hope to bring you the best of both worlds. We'll be releasing a new episode every single Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications because you don't want to miss a thing. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Sam Miller with Sam Miller Science. Sam has a unique approach to helping coaches elevate their coaching game by teaching them to bridge the gap between macros and metabolism. Sam has the cutting edge coaching techniques to cultivate your confidence. He has been featured and trusted by companies such as ESPN, LinkedIn, Barbell Shrugged, and many more. You won't want to miss today's episode. Let's welcome Sam to the show. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy guy with a full schedule. So thanks for being on today. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it, Amanda. I've known you for a few years now. I think we met at some kind of like a business coaching conference. I probably would have met in either 2018 or 2019, I think. And I think I met Sean first and then you probably within a couple months thereafter. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Well, I want to talk you up a little bit because I, one thing that's always fascinated me about you is your just ability to articulate super complex terminology and information, um, really into understandable language. Um, so like how, where, where was Sam Miller science born? How did you come up with this? Where did that start? Did you always want to get into this? I guess, touch on that for me. It's super interesting. So in terms of health and fitness, that's been a part of my life since um, I was a teenager and uh, kind of got into it for a number of different reasons, combination of family health issues, my individual sort of athletic goals. Also, um, you know, I I think a lot of teenage guys, it's kind of the age that you sort of get into that sort of thing. And, but I didn't really have career aspirations uh, pertaining to health and fitness. I was very fortunate that in high school, I was able to take like a preparatory course for personal training, which allowed me to then do that as like a side hustle in college, uh, which is where I got really kind of immersed into training and nutrition. But at that time, I was definitely studying a combination of things. So even though I got my bachelor's of science, I kind of had my hands in a little bit of everything and, you know, your family and friends and kind of surrounding people, even people who aren't your family or or friends who want to insert their opinion. I guess you could say just like your peer group. A lot of people ask like, well, are you going to just be a trainer forever? Are you just going to be like a fitness coach? Is that just your thing? And obviously for me, uh, this kind of dates me a little bit, but this was before like Instagram was super popular. So people didn't really think of like the potential, you know, this is the fit CFO show. So definitely from an earning perspective, but then also just in terms of like quality of life, your schedule. And I think people especially if you're seeking out college education and potentially considering grad school, a lot of people consider conventional careers like, oh, are you going to be an attorney or a doctor or a, Absolutely. Um, you know, something, a dentist or something else, uh, engineer, architect, and sort of these noble professions if you're, you know, going into, you know, first uh, your bachelor's degree, but then obviously grad school as well. And so for me, that created this kind of conflict in the sense that I knew what I was passionate about, but also I think because at a young age, we can be very uh, vulnerable to sort of those, those outside opinions and outside influence. And so I kind of a couple of times sort of deviated from that path. What was really interesting is I always sort of came back to health and fitness. It was always a part of my life. I was always either 
coaching on the side or had a side hustle, or I was part-time coaching or I had a weekend job. So I never really fully took my hands off of it, which allowed me yeah. to continue to spend a lot of years and accumulate a lot of hours and accumulate a lot of experience doing that. But I guess long story short for your question is I didn't set out to be like, oh, I'm going to have this Instagram account or social media platform, or I'm going to be yeah. teaching other health professionals. And that was definitely something that was, um, more sort of came to fruition along the way when I realized there was a need for it. But I think my sort of interest in everything started first with my health and fitness journey um, and, and people closest to me. And then it sort of spiraled out from there when I realized like kind of in a university setting, I was able to work and train individuals and kind of get that personal training and nutrition experience. And then that kind of continued to blossom and uh, became more involved like after grad school and kind of had those aspirations of starting my own business. But that wasn't even necessarily in the online fitness realm. I was doing a lot of in-person seminars and even doing some corporate wellness at the time and public speaking. So it really hadn't taken um, you know, the shape that a lot of people sort of know me for today in terms of my content and what I talk about. And then in terms of the handle, Sam Miller Science, that wasn't like... Um, Honestly, it was previously, I think it was like Sam underscore Miller one. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, well, I talk about a lot of like, you know, metabolism science and nutrition science, right. and I talk about fitness and I talk about, you know, biochemistry and hormones. So it's like, yeah, well, it kind of has like a ring to it. Yeah. And so one day it just started with like, I changed my Instagram uh, profile prior to that. I actually had like a separate company name. It had nothing to do with my name. It was actually based off of um, something a client sort of referenced a lot in terms of his experience uh, in working with me. And so that's really where um, I kind of got my start. And the Sam Miller Science thing took off uh, after that. So I'd actually gone through a period where uh, I had, I was coaching. I had some coaches that worked underneath me, both a registered dietitian and uh, you know nutrition coach and strength coach. And then I realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do, the path or model that I sort of wanted to follow. And also had a lot of coaching clients who were coaches themselves at the time. And that's when I started to realize like, hey, maybe there's something to this yeah, you know, maybe education, there's something mentorship yeah. and you know, being able to support people. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where that all came from. But to, to answer your question, no, I didn't have like Sam Miller Science was just kind of a Instagram handle filler. And then it turned into something after the fact. And then in terms of the podcast, I think that really helped um, in terms of recognition of what that is and mm -hmm. the overall name. But it kind of just all, it all kind of worked out. But in terms of having that uh, set goal from the beginning, I knew, I knew I wanted to be involved. I knew I really cared about health, fitness, and nutrition. And this has always been something that's, uh, that I've been super passionate about and interested in. And then the various sort of um, rabbit holes that you can get into along the way, but definitely didn't have this like set trajectory from the get-go. If anything, I feel like sometimes in life you get kind of like pulled from your purpose or pulled from your passion and you're doing things the more conventional way. And sometimes life has yeah. a way of like knocking you back towards what you're supposed to do. And so for yeah. me, after grad school, I'd sort of taken this corporate job and was not enjoying it. And it was not good for either of us, the, both the company I was working yeah. for or for me. And that experience really pushed me back towards self-employment, entrepreneurship, coaching, you know, and, and being kind of going full bore into health, fitness, nutrition again. And so I'm really grateful for that experience, even though it was like very difficult road bump at the time. So life kind of has a funny way of, um, of doing that. And as long yeah. as you continue to, to kind of stay in touch with it and continue to help people and stay involved. Um, I was very fortunate that then, you know, as I spent more time on my passion, you know, more things continued to open up once I sort of, um, doubled down and put all my focus and time and attention towards that.
Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You have, um, really come a long way from, you know, even the couple of years since I've known you. And I, one thing I remember is just, we've had conversations about, you know, imposter syndrome and, um, you know, just that whole idea of not, not feeling like, you know, enough. Um, and I feel like, you know, just looking through all your stuff, like you have, uh, done some amazing things. Obviously I've looked through your website and you're, I mean, you've worked with physicians and coaches who have big businesses and how, how did you bridge that gap from not feeling like you had enough knowledge to where you're at now? I mean, you have, um, come such a tremendous, uh, you know, way of, you know, like I said, coaching or not coaching, but working with physicians and working with people with larger businesses. Yeah, that's super interesting point. So from like the imposter syndrome side, I think a lot of people, I don't think imposter syndrome is like a one size fits all thing, right? So some people feel it a little bit more from a business perspective or maybe public speaking, or maybe they they feel imposter syndrome when it comes to like health, fitness, nutrition. I think for me, I always felt pretty confident in my nutrition knowledge and things pertaining to like hormones and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think where imposter syndrome showed up for me was more on the business side at first, yeah. because I was kind of like, well, you know, I think because of what had been programmed into my brain for so long, and this is where changing your environment and having, you know, a good peer group and having friends and and people who are interested in the same thing. And even, you know, getting certain family members on board, I think can be really important as well. So for me, I think I was always pretty confident in my knowledge base and my personal experience, as far as what I had been through and how I could share that experience to help other people. I think where, um, where it showed up for me was like, I kind of knew that locally I had experience. I was, I was well known for what I could do and I would get requested to do seminars and coaching referrals came fairly easy to me. I think the initial imposter syndrome for me was going into the online space and, and, and more online business, I guess you could say, I kind of had a good understanding of like the grassroots, maybe a little bit brick and mortar, um, and yeah. then also just the more the traditional kind of style like, of business. Owners. Yeah. Going one-to-one. I, I was very confident in going one-to-one, helping this yeah. person, teaching them nutrition, teaching them, you know, about metabolism or hormones, whatever. And then moving to the next person and going one-to-one and one-to-one and one-to-one. And I think where it maybe popped up for me a little bit more is going one-to-many and working with larger organizations. Yeah. So fortunately, um, there were a few opportunities that happened for me probably between like 2015 and 2020 that really forced me to get over that really, really quickly mm-hmm. because they were experiences where once you get invited to something like that, you can't really turn it. You're not going to say no, you're not going to turn it down or right. you just like you couldn't really live with yourself after that. So for me, um, my kind of shift from the one-to-one and one-to-many or getting more comfortable online, I think I really just took advantage of probably around 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. I just started posting every day. Whereas previously I would kind of, um, a lot of that knowledge was reserved either, either for my clients and those one-to-one relationships or maybe locally. Yeah. And so a big, a big shift for me was like, I just need to put this information out here. I just need to teach. And I think I kind of got to this point of like, okay, where are you going to go from here? Because you're already, you're doing well in your business. You're comfortable. Things are going well, um, in your you know community. But as far as like, I think I kind of had a conversation with myself of like, do you just want this information to like die in your brain or do you right. want to like teach other people and actually like yeah. pass this on? Um, and so for me, that was a big kind of tipping point because it encouraged yeah. me to like, you know what, you just need to, you just need to post, you know, you just need to get information out. Um, whether it's, you know, videos, graphics, you know, quotes, whatever the case may be, just like get out there and start posting consistently. And that made a really big difference for me in terms of my overall, um, 
growth and reputation. And then those different public speaking opportunities, whether I think in 2018, it must've been, I think I did my like first seminar at the Arnold classic and then had different, um, I think 2019 was a year where like the physicians you mentioned are naturopathic doctors, like got requested to go to a couple conferences and teach on stress and metabolism at those. And it just kind of one thing sort of led to the other. And I just kind of kept taking it a day at a time, putting one foot in front of the other and everything sort of worked out from there. Um, but I think I was fortunate in that I had spent a lot of time honing, like honing in that skill set and being confident in my knowledge. So when I had those opportunities, the knowledge wasn't so much the question. I was like, okay, now how do I rearrange my business and figure out like like, how to monetize this in a way where I can actually continue to grow? Um, So then there's a big shift that happened for me, which was like kind of moving that online. Um, Unfortunately, at that time I had started working with coaches, but it was much like much once again, more one-to-one or more very small group. I, I didn't sure. really understand how to educate at scale. And so throughout that journey, that was definitely like a big learning experience for me was understanding how to make that jump, make that transition and provide value to people, but also um, understanding the role of like having an online brand in the process too. Yeah. It's kind of like that preparation finally met opportunity. And then just one, that's such a common, common answer is one step at a time, one little puzzle piece at a time. Um, especially with, yeah, cause looking back, it's like, I had experiences in endocrinologist offices and like, you know, a, a lot of people come into even my different programs or listen to my podcast, or they kind of show up on my Instagram and they're like, where, yeah. like, how do I, how do I go learn all this information? And I'm like, well, start when you're a teenager and, right. you know, <laughs> devote like a disproportionate amount of time in your life. Right. And, uh, all of a sudden, like fast forward over, you know, a decade or 15 years later, and like, yeah. you'll have your answer. Um, which I, I think is, you, it's kind of where your, um, you know, where your story or where your passion mm-hmm. and your purpose sort of collide. Yeah. Um, and then if you're able to still sort of, you know, show up and put a certain amount of energy behind that. And as long as you stick with it and allow that to compound over time, I think a lot yeah. of people get distracted or stop doing the one day at a time thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, why didn't that work out? Like, mm-hmm. how come that didn't work for me? Yeah. Um, and really there is sort of this, um, a lot of, a lot of folks don't allow that compounding effect or compounding interest to, right. which is funny because this is the fit CFO show, but allow that compounding interest to like catch up with, you know, with them. And so they've been putting all this effort in, they've been making these daily deposits. And then all of a sudden they get frustrated and they kind of give up when in reality, it's like, who knows, maybe 60 days down the line, you were just ready to cash out on, on your efforts. And so that's why I encourage people to kind of stay consistent with things and keep going. And that was really big for me. Once again, with social media, it wasn't like I was saying what I always said, I was just doing it more consistently, more frequently. And instead of to one person, I was like, well, let me take this conversation with a client and I'm going to share it with thousands of people who follow me. And then all of a sudden it was just like, keep doing that. And then, you know, kind of the people will come, but I I don't know that that's not always like the popular answer, right? It's not. And it's, and it's the difficult answer too. Like it's not easy to be that consistent time over time, especially when you're not seeing the needle move. But like you said, you could be, 60 days, 90 days away from something big. If you just stay consistent with it. For sure. Yeah. There's definitely a certain amount of lagging feedback that comes in with coaching, whether it's with your clients or even with your business. A lot of times things that you're doing right now or experiencing right now are largely a result of stuff you did quite some time ago. And I think, um, you know, while we are in kind of this instant gratification society along the way, I had enough of those big events or big opportunities or little things that would start to go my way 
where I felt like the dominoes were falling in the right direction to where I would stick with it. And yeah. it be just enough like hope or kind of energy yeah. dragging along. <laughs> Instead, I just kept, kept dragging along. Whereas I think, you know, some people, um, you know, they get that little hit and then they expect that to happen all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of view it as like, okay, we just got to reach, like kind of get to that tipping point and then use that momentum to like, go back to what you were doing. Like, don't change what you're doing. Just keep, you know, right. keep at it and stick with it yeah. um, and allow that to happen over time. And then, you know, as you grow, all of a sudden you start to have more options at your disposal, whether that's yeah, well, you know, investing in things or delegation. Open. Yeah. Doors start to open, you know, your connections matter more. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use what you're making in your business to invest in different areas. You can, you know, hire a team. And then all of a sudden you're compounding efforts. It's now like every day there's like a five X multiplier. Whereas before Absolutely. it was like me banging my head against the wall. Right. So definitely very, very different. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about like, since is we're, we're going on 2022, um, yeah. probably close to when this podcast will come out. And I guess it's been about three or four years since we met. So definitely a lot has. Yeah. I mean, when you were, so I don't know a lot about your, uh, health journey. Um, okay. can you give me like the cliff notes version of your health journey and what, what led, led you to be so interested in, um, like metabolism and transformation? Yeah, for sure. So I think transformation in general, I think I've always sort of had an interest in and just seeing, I think I've always been very um, impressed and sort of, I guess, taken aback by the fact that physical transformation and how someone sort of sees them themselves change can make Mm -hmm. such a difference in their confidence and how they show up in the world. Uh, I've always just kind of had an appreciation for that. You know, I even think about dating back to like, you know, when I was in even graduate school, like doing interviews, it's crazy how the role of physical fitness and like doing physically challenging things can show up in your ability, like your confidence in a room when you're like meeting a group of strangers. So I've always so it's had funny that. that you say that my son, literally he's 16. He's, he wants to be an elite athlete. And he, uh, literally asked me the other day, is there something, uh, like chemical in the brain that goes on when you're in your peak shape. And, and I just love that he made that connection at such a young age that when you're taking care of yourself, you literally exude more confidence. Like you said, yeah. I think, you know, to, to keep it higher level and not go like too far down the rabbit hole. I do think that, you know, part of training, physical fitness, nutrition, there's a lot of uh, personal integrity and personal responsibility, keeping promises to yourself. And I've, I've mm-hmm. talked about this at length before, and even from a business and self-employment perspective for online coaches and people who are in health, fitness, and nutrition, it's really this process of like scaling self-trust. So the more that even your son, who's like 16 is realizing, Hey, like when I put in this work and I see the physical change and I reap the rewards of that. And then I double down on that. That's like showing up for me in other areas of my life. I think a lot of people don't keep the promises long enough or maintain that personal integrity, personal responsibility to allow themselves to really grow because what I've observed over time, whether it's with my mentees, with myself, um, and even with clients previously with like training and nutrition transformations is it's all this process of like scaling self-trust and slowly, you know, you're increasing that self-belief through doing these daily things, whether it's tracking your macros or you do the hand portion method, or you're going to go lift or whether you like cardio or yoga or whatever the case may be, we can argue the details and semantics all day long, but the people who are most successful, they have the ability to, basically like stay consistent with those things, adhere to those things, 
They keep promises to themselves and then they feel really confident when they engage in the outside world because they know that like they have their own back. And I think there's something really powerful about that, that you don't really get from certain other areas of life. I think, I think you can be taught certain elements. You could read a book about it, but I think by actually going through, um, that transformation by going through that change, experiencing those challenges makes a really big difference in terms of my personal health journey. Cause I know that was like the original sort of root yeah. of the question. So I did have a pretty significant concussion or TBI when I was in my teens that happened when I was snowboarding. So it was just kind okay. of a fluke, oh, wow. fluke thing. I like fell backwards and hit my head pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up having, I forget the classification system is like, there's a series of numbers and they go through, but essentially ended up on like Spine board did the whole like different about evalu- yeah. like concussion protocol evaluations, all of those things at the time, I, I think fortunately due to the NFL and a lot of other sports, we're learning a lot more about concussions and even CTE and all of these different right. protocols. But for me at that time, I wasn't super aware of it. Also being a teenager, being overactive, also not having a lot of nutrition knowledge. Like I thought good nutrition was based on what I read in men's health, not understanding that men's health was for a 45 year old guy that needed to lose like a gut and a beer belly and wanted to like drop 20 pounds. So I think it was a combination of, you know, I had, I sustained this injury. I wasn't eating for it in terms of actually making anything better. I didn't understand like nutraceuticals or supplementation or recovery or biofeedback or labs or anything like that. And at the time, admittedly, I, I wasn't, I think I was partially aware of it, but maybe not as much as I should have been. Didn't really have any guidance from a coach. Definitely went through a phase of pretty significant under eating relative to my activity level Uh um, to where I ended up being pretty underweight at the time. And so I think those compounding variables of sustaining a physical injury combined with not having the proper nutrition and putting a significant amount of stimulus on my body. I mean, I was the crazy kid that like got my wisdom teeth out and I wanted to like train at the gym that day, like the next day, like when you're like, don't do that. Um, so I was definitely in a phase in my life where like training and nutrition were important, but I didn't have the requisite education to sort of look out for myself the way that I could now. And I think that's why when I meet younger folks now, like if, if your son were to come up to me in the gym and ask something, and this will happen sometimes when, when I travel. Um, and even if, if someone doesn't know that I have a podcast or Instagram or anything, they just see like an older guy in the gym and they're 16, 17, 18 or 20 or whatever. Um, it must be the like little tiny, like one or two gray beard hairs. Now they just, they're just like, I'm going to go to this guy for wisdom. Uh, but anyway, so they'll, they'll kind of walk up and ask. And I'm, a lot of times I just try to keep it super simple and say like, Hey, keep doing what you're doing. Stay consistent. You know, I make sure to note the importance of eating, um, and, and getting some of those basics down because I really wish someone would have pulled me aside and done that for me. It would have made a yeah. really big difference, but ultimately because of that concussion, um, at the time it was a combination of like, the initial protocol, which happened where I sustained the injury, which probably would have been um, like on the actual mountain and then followed up with my primary care physician who referred me to an endocrinologist, um, had a number of different scans and things like that. And basically got like a pituitary scan, got a bunch of lab work done. And so, you know, here I was as like kind of teens and into college, this was going on. And I definitely felt like a bit of like a Grey's Anatomy episode at times. And so- you know, getting like most people at that age are not getting like monthly or quarterly lab work, Mm -hmm. but because I had that opportunity, I was able to sit and like, just being inquisitive as I am. And you learn, yeah, I learned so much. So, you know, fortunately at the time, my endocrinologist was a professor at NYU. She was adjunct and then would also practice. So like, because of that, I was able to learn from her also spent a lot of time after the fact, when I kind of went down that rabbit hole, had several coaches in both kind of the fitness and physique and bodybuilding realm. Um, and then from 
those folks kind of use their network to meet yeah. uh, different professionals. So that's how um, ultimately through my first two or three coaches met guys like Dr. Serrano and then was able to seek out his seminars and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, guys who don't even have Instagram accounts, right? These were, this was kind of like at the time where you would do like a nutrition check-in over email and it was yeah. like, we didn't have the apps we have now. There was no trainer eyes. There was no, yeah. you know, anything, you know, you had forums. Like meeting people like over email. Zoom. Yeah. There, you're no meeting people over Zoom, no conferences, you know, maybe you had like AOL instant messenger or like Google, <laughs> Google chat, but you are it was definitely, it was a definitely a lot more, <laughs> you know, email oriented. And then, you know, if, if you were really embedded, um, and actually a lot of the people I know today kind of started out on these different fitness forums or bodybuilding forums yeah. or nutrition forums. And so I was this kid just like soaking up this knowledge in college. Also, I, I had this mix of like unconventional. So one of my coaches at the time had like an herbalist background and also a PhD, yeah. um, unrelated to the herbalism. So the herbalism and acupuncture was completely different. Also had a conventional exercise science degree. Wow. And so he had his doctorate in that then was also simultaneously wow. working with like an endocrinologist for my own health. And then co combine that with my personal experience, training clients and doing a lot of things. I was getting like five different angles of health yeah. fitness, nutrition. Well, and, and, you know. and you're like a sponge anyway, I feel. Yeah, I definitely, I, I tend, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty inquisitive. I ask questions. I, I read, you know, I would go learn something. And then if I heard them say something and I didn't understand it, I would go look it up and then go read about it. And then I'd come back with more questions and review different things. And so I had a decent proficiency just based off my own personal health experience of yeah. what these different terms meant and, and all these other things by a very pretty young age. By the time I was like in my early twenties, I was still mainly just coaching kind of conventional nutrition, personal training, working with people um, in person, started work. I got kind of an additional, I think this was my second or third job in college in addition to personal training, worked at a nutrition store. And, you know, whether it was like talking to people about their fitness goals while making them like a smoothie at the smoothie bar, or whether it was like helping them find the right supplement, yeah. just spent a lot of time around the industry. I was competing at the time, um, got, you know, my own sort of competition experience on top of that. So it was like, I was not only was I personally like physically active in fitness and kind of my own goals, mm -hmm. but, uh, also participating in, you know, just kind of my local community at the time, cause the online community wasn't quite there, you right. know, on the weekends I'm reading these forums. And then every now and then I got to go into my, my doctor I also got referred to several different specialists. Um, I, cause originally, you know, I would have been seeing people closer to where, where my parents are and then moved like for, for undergrad, was seeing, you know, physicians and, and things down there kind of being this sort of little guinea pig for different, different things. Learned a lot from that, had these different coaches, both good and, and bad coaches. So I had some, I had two or three, I was really lucky to have some more seasoned kind of veteran coaches who were a little bit yeah. older guys at the time. So when I was like, you know, let's say 20 years old, I'm learning from dudes who have been at it for a while, they're 35, 40, and they could share that 15 to 20 years experience with me. So I think from the time I was probably 18 or 19, I had a coach, you know, I, I still have a coach today in a different area of my life, but yeah. just really placed an emphasis on coaching. So had, um, had my coach had different physicians, had, you know, my supervisor at my job for personal training had, you know, also the nutrition and supplement store. So I was just getting all of these touch points, um, and accumulating knowledge really as fast as, as, as I could, but also application too, because I would, right. you know, I'd go to the store and I'd interact with real people and hear what they were struggling with. And then I'd, I'd go to my job at campus recreation and I'd also be interacting with people there. And I, it wasn't just, oh, I'm only training 
competitors. It was like, I had the dude who worked on the university landscaping team and he just didn't want his back to hurt. Right. And then I had people where it was like, okay, you work in the registrar's office and your posture is pretty terrible. So like, you don't do anything for your upper back. So like, let's figure that out. So it was really an interesting experience of like, I didn't get to be super selective because I was kind of like this young kid bottom of the totem pole, but got a lot of really great experience as well as my own sort of health. And uh, that played a really big role uh, in figuring everything out long-term. But that's really where the interest in like hormones and metabolism started. Mm -hmm. And I think I still stayed very much down the fitness nutrition lane for a long time until I started doing more um, seminars, group training, corporate stuff. I really realized the issues of like chronic dieting, lack of reverse dieting, lack of nutritional periodization. And so those experiences allowed me to see kind of through a really broad lens, like, okay, this is a massive issue. And then when I started speaking even more, um, whether it's for like LinkedIn or some of the other companies I worked with, I would see like, okay, you guys definitely aren't sleeping enough and your stress is pretty out of control. And I started to see how all of these different things would show up in a transformation. And no longer was I the coach where it's like, cool, I see you two hours a week and I tell you what sets and reps to do, but I'm not really offering a lot of value beyond that. It really allowed me to sink my teeth into this concept of like, cool. Like moving through a transformation as coaches, we're these like adaptation managers. And then we got to figure out how this person's life fits with the goals that they have, and then take into account all of these other different considerations. So, um, that was really cool for me. Definitely kind of eye-opening experience and, and shifted. And that's what I appreciate is when a coach can really take an environment of the individual and, and help them apply it because, you know, we can have all these amazing things out there, but if the individual can't actually apply it into their life, because maybe they have five kids, maybe they work 14 hours a day, whatever it is, then it's not going to do anything for them anyway. Yeah. And I I think a good coach is able to take strengths. So let's say that person you mentioned that has five kids, well, maybe they don't, their life doesn't exactly look like the competitor that you work with, but maybe you can take a strength, you know, maybe a strength of theirs is organization, or maybe a strength is like, they have this like great attitude or stick-to-itiveness. And I think a really good coach can pull out a person's strengths and uh, their talents from other areas of life. Um, Cause a lot of times coaches sort of frown upon that. They, they look at someone like, Oh, well, like you're not into your fitness, but like you built a sex, successful business as an accountant or whatever. It's like, well, clearly you understand how to like get some stuff together and pursue goals in other areas of your life. So like, how can we double down on what worked for you there and use that in your fitness transformation? Cool. You right. love like tracking. Awesome. Like, let me teach you how to do that. Or you love like seeing metrics and you're very driven by that. Awesome. Let's look at progressive overload and like help you understand what that means. I think a lot of coaches miss the connection to people's lives. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, because you're, you work this job as whatever, and you're not, you know, full, full-time health and fitness that you like can't achieve that goal. Uh, when in reality, it should actually help them to be successful. So, uh, yeah, I do really think coaching is a lot about understanding stimulus, both from a training and nutrition perspective, but also like what's going on in that person's life, how that shows up in their transformation. And then usually it's also showing up in terms of their internal health. So when I use the term kind of adaptation manager, like as a coach, really, we have to zoom out a bit further and understand like, okay, where's every little bit of stress coming from, Mm -hmm. um, for this person. And then obviously people talk about like calories and energy in and energy out. So like, I, I always look at energy, but most people are really only looking at like, okay, here's your macros, here's your calories. And they don't right. understand the integration between the two. Well, it's like, Hey, if you got to pick five kids up at school and you're working this job and you're doing these other things and have this other stress in your life, that's probably going to influence what's going on in terms right. of your eating behaviors and other things. So I think taking, um, taking that approach as a coach 
uh, something that was super helpful for me and something I try to pass on to, you know, my mentor clients and folks who do my programs as well is just giving them that perspective so that they not only better connect with their clients, but also make better protocol decisions too, to where people can actually adhere to their program, um, and be fairly compliant and start to see some results as they're pursuing their goals. Right. That's such a good point. Drawing on people's strengths and, and applying it in different areas for sure. So tell me about this, um, metabolism blueprint that you have on your website. It's only a dollar 99. I'm $2 of value in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have an audiobook. That's so I think we launched that probably 2019 maybe. Okay. Um, so the audiobook is really just kind of taking some general concepts and helping coaches get that foundational understanding. I've noticed that when you give stuff away for free, sometimes people won't actually listen to it. So behind the $2 is like, well, maybe you'll actually listen to it, but it's not so much money that you wouldn't actually want to buy it where you're like, oh my God, this is going to break the bank. So I, you know, it's less than a cup of coffee. Most people can go get it. Uh, That is something that I have on there just to basically expose people to my methods, models, thought process behind how I do things and also clarify a lot of concepts that I think are for lack of a better term, kind of butchered in the fitness industry, or there's a lot of confusion around them or just misinformation, or maybe there's some good information, but people misapply it. And that's really where the audiobook came from. Um, where, where we spend most of our time as a team is largely in my uh, nutrition and metabolism specialization, which is a 12 week mentorship program for coaches. We're actually kind of extending that a bit right now and adding to that component, but really our kind of bread and butter is that program. And then as far as other things that surround it, it's like, you know, I'll put out different workshops or audiobooks, or, um, I have my podcast as well. And those are really just to help people get familiar with kind of how I do things and a better understanding of, um, my thought process. And then from there, if, if it resonates with them, I'm like, cool, you know, let's, let's help you a little bit more and do it in a more connected capacity than yeah. just like you listening to an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the idea behind the audiobook was like, how do we make this super accessible, have a lot of information from me, but also yeah. not be like overwhelming, like an overwhelming amount of information as well. So it's kind of that sweet spot. And gotcha. my hope is that because you have to kind of pay attention when you buy it, that uh, it, instead of, you know, some things kind of you download them onto your desktop and then they just die there. My yeah. hope is that, you know, as many people that actually, you know, spend a dollar ninety nine actually, you know, listen to it so they can get far more than a dollar ninety nine out of the book. So uh, that's kind of the the story behind the audiobook. Very cool. Well, I'll be sure to link it in the show notes um, when we release the podcast. Cool. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, you bet. Well, I want to talk a little bit about how um Oh gosh, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's how like, you know, when you have a team, you can go farther. So I guess. Oh, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far. Yeah. 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 That. Yeah, I got yeah, you. that one. <laughs> I'll let you butcher it for me. <laughs> um, but like, let me Google I, that quote really quick while you're trying to stumble <laughs> over it. That's funny. Um, but I want to talk about your experience as an entrepreneur. Um, you talk about having, you know, coaches. Um, and I, you know, definitely understand the importance of that as well. But what about your experience having, um, you know, a business coach specifically, you know, fit CFO to maybe help you in areas that are not your strong suit, helping you be able to grow further. Um, talk about your experience with that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of, in meeting both Sean and Amanda, 
um, Sean has sort of served as like a kind of like having this bolt-on financial advisor for the business and kind of a financial coach or financial team. Really, uh, Sean and I have kind of grown in our relationship to the point where it's it's um, it's like finances and friendship. But fortunately, it's yeah. like having that financial teammate right there the entire time. So rather than sort of having to have this in-house role, um, you know, Sean is that in-house role, which has been really cool. Um, and, you know, in terms of you know, coaches, I've had both coaches who have worked underneath me. I've also had um, more of the conventional business coach and mentorship. And, you know, where Sean serves, I think is more in that, like, how are you planning for tomorrow and like assessing risk? And how are you maybe um, maximizing, you know, things in terms of tax strategy and stuff like that? How are you looking out in terms of like what retirement account you should pick or what you should be doing with benefits and, and structures in terms of how you pay people? So Sean, really, I view as kind of like, you know, whereas uh, people sort of look to me in terms of that uh, more, you know, nutrition-oriented role, health, fitness, nutrition, metabolism, hormones. Yeah. You know, Sean, Sean is more that for me on the finance side, which I really appreciate. And as far as like having a team, you know, I, I've had a team in many different capacities. At first, it was me, and having more of just coaches or mentors that um, even you know, prior to, to really meeting Sean mm-hmm. and then, um, having coaches who worked underneath me, ultimately, I didn't really jive with that business structure. And that was really yeah. right around the time that I became closer to Sean was, I was in this process of sort of dismantling this business that I thought I wanted that really wasn't yeah. true to me. And then pursuing more of this, like business to business coaching education, like mentorship of my own, um, right. and offering that to the general public. And so where Sean has kind of been, uh, side by side with me, um, or kind of like along for the journey is really more um, in that that compass from the both financial strategy, tax strategy perspective, and then being kind of that liaison between, you know, if you have an accountant or a bookkeeper or someone else on your financial team, um, Sean is sort of helping to communicate with them and then also kind of um, translating some of that terminology into how it applies to business decision-making. So I still um, have other mentors, I have other coaches, but Sean has sort of maintained that role as more of the financial advisor and really as the name implies with fit CFO being more of like a financial director or like a chief financial officer for your company based on his experience and understanding in kind of the financial world. So, um, really I think where we've teamed up and I've, I've relied on him more is like kind of looking at things. So now as my team is growing, if I have someone who's a contractor or considering becoming an employee, I can reach out to Sean and say, okay, how does this look? for 2022 or 2023, how can we structure this? How can we potentially incentivize this person? Um, how are we making decisions in alignment with both like my goals, the business goals, but then also things that we need to do to be like, I don't want to say like compliant because obviously CPA does that a little bit more from the accounting side, but Sean's still kind of keeping an eye on things just to make like, make sure the T's are crossed yeah. and the I's well, are And make sure it dotted. makes sense for your business structure too. So I think yeah. it's so hard to keep all those ducks in a row. I mean, you are expanding your knowledge in the health and fitness space and you are working, you know, on your content creation and building systems and processes and, and then, you know, add in trying to stay on top of finances and taxes and things like that. I mean, it's just, it's a lot to take on as a business owner. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, you have to wear multiple hats at first. And I think when you're by yourself in entrepreneurship, there is a level of like, you're kind of doing a little bit of everything, yep. um, wearing multiple hats and, and you can't really delegate as much. Uh, but then as you grow, you know, you can have different sort of areas, whether it's, you know, someone helping you with marketing or someone helping you with content or potentially an assistant who's helping you kind of with your logistics and operations in your business. And so just as you might have an operations person, or you might have a coach 
who's, um, you know, working with clients underneath you, or maybe you have, um, you know, as I mentioned, that marketing side or design side and different areas helping you, you know, Sean kind of comes in and more uh, translates that like financial terminology, kind of how you referenced, like how I sort of translate things from like a nutrition perspective. Yep. And so that's been super helpful in, in our relationship. And really as it's grown over time, I really view it as more of like, you know, in your business, if you can build kind of a board of advisors. And so certainly like I'm on that board, I kind of view myself as like, cool, if I'm the CEO, then I can, you know, have Sean here to my right or left as like the CFO. And then I have my marketing people. And then I have, you know, maybe someone helping with video or design or whatever the case may be. Then I have like my, my ops people or more of a business manager role. And then with that, you're able to really piece it together. Um, and so that's really where I view Sean. So as much as I think, um, you know, the, I feel like the coaching or mentorship terminology is so broad now and people don't really understand like what that means. So I think to help the audience better understand, I would view it as if you're building sort of your business board of advisors and you need someone with that financial savvy, like fit CFO kind of comes in and is your like financial board of advisors, if you will, or representing that part of the table and then bringing important conversations to the forefront so that you can make decisions both for today. And then also, you know, tax time or hiring or making a decision around, can we afford this contractor? Can we, you know, should we take this next role or position or, you know, coaching opportunity or whatever it is and uh, really helping you plan for that as well as, you know, Hey, like you have this much money sitting around, you probably should put this in a retirement account or, Hey, why are you not earning interest on this? Or why are you not investing that? It's very helpful just to have, um, kind of the financial birdie kind of come on the side, come in your ear and just kind of remind you to do certain things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise do because you're so focused on coaching or doing what you do best or content, you know, right now, my business, obviously very focused on mentoring my mentees and then also content creation. So really between those two things, that's the majority of my job. Yeah. So it's really nice to be able to just maybe, you know, once a month or on a quarterly basis, touch base with someone and kind of have that huddle and have that meeting and then determine, no, okay, for the next quarter, this is what we're doing. There. Yeah. From like a financial perspective and, yep. and getting all the ducks in a row on that front. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. For anyone listening, kind of depending on where you're starting out, it's never, um, you know, you're never like too far along to consider you know, having that board of advisor coaching and you're never too early for that board of advisors either. So the way I would frame it is like in different stages of your journey, different people might be there, but, um, one element or one sort of like supporting component of your business, obviously, um, you know, finances at times, you know, or not really at times, really all the time, kind of the lifeblood of what you're doing. So just making sure that if you don't have the appropriate, um, understanding or education that you partner with someone who does. Um, and so that's been super helpful. And then just kind of in terms of my stuff, I would just say if anyone's interested in learning more about my story or what I do or kind of how I teach, um, then to kind of head over pretty much everything for me is Samler science. So the website is samlerscience.com podcast is Samler science. And then my Instagram is also Samler science and kind of branching out to a couple other platforms as well in 2022, which will probably also be Sam Miller science. And then all of my like workshops, programs, nutrition, metabolism, specialization, those are falling under the umbrella of kind of my metabolism school. Um, so if you're a coach or someone who's looking to get more education on that beyond your baseline certification, like your initial nutrition course or training course, then that's probably the best place to hang out and learn from me directly. Yeah, you bet. You've been highly recommended even by other coaches that have already been on this show. 
So I will definitely link all of your things in the show notes for everybody to go to and see, but definitely be sure to check out Sam Miller Science on Instagram and all of his other platforms. I'll link them in the show notes below. Perfect. Thank you, Amanda. All right. Thank you. If you like this episode, please be sure to tune in every single Tuesday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications so you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help others out there become the best versions of themselves. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.